Gold Circle is recorded on the land of the Yagara and Turrbal people, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hello, Gold Circle listeners. I just wanted to apologise for the... It's one uh, Look, it's our 150th episode, and we didn't know about it until after we started recording. We sat down to, to do the episode tonight, and I was editing and realised that it was our 150th episode. And, and it's obviously 150 episodes. There's nothing to, to, to be shy about. Unfortunately, we... Um, Zoom um, and using the internet has been difficult and um, the episode quality that you're about to receive may not be its best. It's literally a Zoom recording as unfortunately Luke's audio uh, is unsalvageable for me. Um, so you won't be able to listen to these dulcet tones. Uh, you'll have to listen to them via a Zoom call. Um, I've done the best I possibly can to clean it up. Um, it is, it, it look, fair, fair warning, it is it's not the greatest, but it is still very listenable. Luke and I sound excellent. Um, I just wanted to brag about that really quickly. I just also wanted to thank you so much for listening for 150 episodes. I really wish that we could have presented um, something a little bit nicer for 150 episodes, but this is obviously what you're going to get, which is us discussing round one of the Super Netball, and it is so great that it is back. But I also just wanted to be... I uh, just wanted to tell you how grateful I am for your time and your patience and your feedback over the last six to seven years as we've been making the show. It it has been, it literally is just a passion project for us. We do not make any money off it. We do not, we do, we're not sponsored. We just do it because we love the game and we love to talk about it and we love discussing it with the open, open like opening it up with the community and, and, and developing the community around it as well. And I'm really, really proud that we've um we've managed to achieve 150 episodes. Not a lot of shows do that and we've been um we've been working pretty hard to, to, to get to that number. So I just wanted to tell you how grateful I was um for, for you listening over the last couple of years and, and obviously hopefully you continued listening. This episode in particular is an outlier. I will I do promise that that I'll make sure that next week um, we'll be back to relative normal, but I just also want to to say fuck Zoom um, for making things difficult. Um, you'd think two years being the lead video voice call thing, they would sort it out, but they did not. So unfortunately, you will have to listen to a Zoom call. I hope it's okay. I have done my best to clean it up. Um, but again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening over the last couple of years. It really has been a pleasure being able to discuss the best game on planet, which is netball. Enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you next week. Welcome to the Gold Circle, Australia's number one netball podcast. I'm your host, Nick Licker, and with me, as always, is Alucha. Hello. And no Abby McCulloch this week. She has been a very busy bee, as usual. So pretty disappointing that she hasn't showed up for round one, because she was very excited. But Hubby had, had his birthday yesterday, so we couldn't record. And then today, she's got the state, was it Premier League? Was it like a preseason Premier yeah, League? Was it? Yeah, yeah. But I suspected probably she was probably overheard uh, who they're picking to replace Sir Wallace. And so she's probably like, I'm bailing. <laughs> I'll tell everyone on the podcast. But fair. That's actually fair. Oh, dearie me. It's... That's what I would do. Oh my God. I would bail so quickly. I'd be like, I'd be like, nah. You'd be like, oh, I nah, twisted my ankle. Yeah, exactly. I, I twisted my vocal cord. 
Hashtag lol. I just realized how inappropriate that is. Oh dear. Um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I would totally do that. And because, yeah, I, I would never, I wouldn't be able to give that to myself. But there's a lot of speculation. Um, but I guess we'll get into that. There, there is, there is. Um, I, I just wanted to um, shout out the uh, the Albion Men's B Super League team, which um, we're, look, I'm actually pretty proud of our results this year. Um, we're currently top of the ladder. We're, we're four games in. Um, you know, I just want to shout out the Men's B side for Albion and Albion themselves. Um, we, did, we had a remarkable game on Saturday and I did post on um, social media. You'll see it um, if you go to t- my Twitter, um, this incredible take. Um, that I had um, and I I need to contextualize it just really quickly before we go into the, the, uh, the round run results um, so the clock was out by 10 seconds down at Springwood and I didn't realize that and so uh, Corey like sent like basically just sent the ball to me I caught it I felt pretty good it looks pretty good I'm not gonna lie and then I turned around and <laughs> airballed it something shocking so if you want to see that video Head over to Twitter um, at Bleakstar, and you'll have some like. There's some great entertainment there. It's like six seconds. Um, it's one of the most embarrassing things that's happened to me, and unfortunately, it's literally the only vision of me playing netball that is available currently. But I just want to shout out. Take, I felt for, like I felt alright about it, right? Like, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, don't look. Here's a hot tip: don't try to beat the buzzer if you're me, because you will not hit said shot. And I had a lot of um, had a lot of love and laughs. So you know what? It's it's been great. But yeah, I just want to shout out the men's B side. Um, they've been playing. They've been playing really excellent. Shout out, shout out to my physio Matt, who's in your <gasps> yes, who played two quarters at wing defence, I believe. He did. Um, after having holiday time, what a legend. Um, yes. Who is trying to fix my ailing broken body uh, on a Saturday morning? <laughs> yes, you know what? Shout out to Matt. Matt came onto the court in the third quarter against Brackenridge for us two weeks ago. And Brackenridge, I will say this: I, I don't know if Brackenridge players are listening to this. Um, y'all are a dirty, dirty team to play against. Um, Boy, so they. Sister, well, sister I'm talking. To, I'm talking. I'm talking about the men's B. I don't know about anyone else, but the men's B side. Matt came on and like handled that pressure so well and then just came into our game with against Springwood last weekend um, and just, oh, he was incredible at wing defence. So, Matt, shout out to you. It's it's great to have you on, on the team. Anyway, enough about Super League. I just wanted to talk about that stupid video. I will I will say, though, I've played one season at Brackenridge and I've told this story before on the podcast, yeah. but <laughs> this is how rough this centre is. But um, I was legit, um, it was our final. Anyway, I was playing for some company team Anyway, the goalkeeper King hit the girl, the woman goal shooter in the back of the head because she apparently used elbows. Anyway, an ambulance had to come. She was stretched off the court. Police were there. It was like a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> I was kind of a silly, like I was a half season silly. Yeah. It was just like awkward. I was like, guys, it's over, like whatever. Anyway, they wanted to play on with like the goalkeeper off the court, I was like, guys, someone's been assaulted. Like, just we'll take second place and just hope that we can come back next season. Obviously the gentleman in question was never gonna come back to the center, but yeah, that's how rough 
Brackenridge. And what was funny is like the, the other people on the other courts were just like, oh yeah, like that's normal. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we see that every day. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never played those games. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Look again, Brackenridge are a tough club to play against, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get hate mail now. Oh look, I probably like probably will. I'm sure someone will someone will egg me on on the court. You know what? That's great. I'm just happy to be there. So. Oh no, you're gonna play them again, and they're gonna beat the tough out of you. And that we'll be playing at Brackenridge too. Ooh, mm. I'm coming to that one. That one's down the road for me. Although I shouldn't say where I live, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There you go. It's not quite down the road for me. It's probably twenty minutes away, but yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want netball Queensland sending out hitmen to your um thing. All right, we're gonna move on to. Mate. <laughs> Mate, I I get a cut on fire if I ever go to a five-minute game. I'm just gonna come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, ghost ghost of Demelza will just light me on fire. <laughs> uh, all right, Ugh. um, all right. Let's get into uh, round one of the uh, SunCorp Super Netball. It is an absolute joy to have it back, and I want to kick things off with the Adelaide Thunderbirds defeating the Collingwood. Magpies 54 to 50 down in Apple SA Stadium. Look, what are your takeaways from this? I really liked what I saw from Adelaide. They did struggle a little bit in the midcourt, like we were saying last week about, I think early on for me watching them, I was like, all right, the same issues are kind of present here in that they really do struggle in that midcourt, bringing, that th- bringing, bringing it down. And then watching Georgie at wing attack, I, I'm going to throw my hands up and say I was... I know, like, I've seen her play wing attack and she's been good at wing attack. But for me, I I just had so many doubts. And to be fair, I think she actually played quite well um, at wing attack to facilitate there. But I, I want to get your thoughts. How are you feeling about Adelaide here? Because this feels like a good win for them. Yeah, I thought it was a really good win. Um, I thought the way um, they put Georgie into goal attack, was that at the half? Or in the start, maybe the start of the third, or halfway through the third. I don't know. It was halfway through they the third. They her on at goal attack. Yeah, um, and I thought that flowed a lot better. Um, but I'll be honest, I, and I guess this has nothing to do with the Thunderbirds, apologies, but um, I, I was just confused about Collingwood and their lineup. Like, kind of, Maggie Lind is not it. I don't understand. It should be Jovic in centre and then uh, Kelsey in wing attack. What? Yeah. What? Like, I get that maybe Kelsey wants to run in centre for Diamond. Uh, I don't know. I thought she did well. Like, her her defence was good. But, uh, yeah, even maybe Molly at wing attack. but yeah, I actually think uh, Lind probably would be better at wing defense. Um, well, that's what I, that's what I thought that um, Maggie had, was kind of specialized, right? But she, yeah, no, she's a wing attack. Um, that's why Mel Bragg. They didn't. My understanding is they didn't pick up Mel Bragg because they needed another attacker. Um, but yeah, I. I, I don't understand. Because they can have Ward at wing D and then, um, oh, my God, uh, Jackie Newton uh, at goal defence. At goal defence. was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she did really well. Um, 
so I don't I just don't understand like I wasn't impressed in Tindall's cup she had several turnovers for a wing attack um she didn't hit circle edge I kind of yeah it didn't I I don't think it helped either for um Sophie Garvin at goal attack not to have a super active wing attack like I think Kelsey sort of you know hitting circle edge so quickly and running and doing so well I, I think that is better for Sophie Garvin not having to do a lot more work um through the court I guess um is my opinion but yeah I I found that really confusing and you know not to take anything away from the Thunderbirds but um yeah I I didn't quite understand why you would start that lineup and potentially continue that lineup for so long mm. um when you were having two turnovers and you know things weren't we're doing well, but um, Thunderbirds, yeah, I think they're really building. I think there's a good win for them, especially at home. You know, um, the last two seasons, you know, it's been games between wins for them. So to get one on the board so quickly, yes, um, I think is is really really good for them. I also think that I think from on a defensive level as well, they looked excellent. Like Laddie Wilson, um, Shami Sterling, Tilly Garrett. I think all of them had some like phenomenal gains. They're all in the positive um, in in net points, but like all of them shared like the gains and intercepts with like actually. To be fair, I think their turnovers were actually super limited as well, which is like quite impressive. I think just overall, it's a it's a very good defensive game from the Thunderbirds, and I think that's been one of their strengths over the over the years. Now that they've sort of formed that, and Tanya Opsis has been able to form that defensive unit, um, and I think it's 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 shining through even more now, especially with the rotational value of Laddie and and, and Tilly as well. If Tilly's looking gash, you can put Laddie on, and I think also for the most part, I really like what I see from the Thunderbirds. I don't I don't know if it's sustainable in the long run, but at the at, at, like you said, this is a really really good start for them. Um, having having points on the board early is really important, especially if things start to sort of fall off towards the middle of, or the end of the season. Um, I liked El McDonald at wing attack with Georgia goal attack too. Sorry, I just thought I'd add that. Yeah, did you like? How did you feel about Tipper and Georgie? Um, yeah, look, I, I think um, as we probably found across the league they still this is really their first game playing together as much as you can practice it and you can mm. have pre-season like team girls cup um this is like the first sort of serious stuff it i, I think it went okay like i like georgie at wing attack to provide something different and i wonder with the thunderbirds i really feel like the lineup is going to change depending on who they play because you have so many players that are good enough to be on court um, but I really think they're just going to mix and match who actually gets on court, uh, depending on who they're playing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's just that. I think that's a positive thing to have as well because it just means that oh, you yeah. you're going to continue to continue to explore that. But also, I think teams are going to have to actually scout really hard. Um, yeah, and well, just, they can mix. They can mix up so much stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we're going to move on to um, the. The unfortunate slash sad slash I don't know happy if you're a Giants fan I guess um, the uh, the Giants are defeating the Swiss 57 to 55 obviously the big news out of this is that Sammy Wallace has been ruled out for the season with an ACL 
um, injury, which is was absolutely devastating to uh, to see. I was playing netball at the time, and then I think Abs messaged our group, being like, "That's an ACL, um, 100%. It's an ACL." And then, um, you know, it's it's hard because like Sammy's such a, a a glue girl for that for that side, especially on that attack, and she's she's worked so hard, and just to see her go down so early. Um, it's really, really tough. And I know a couple of people were sort of messaging me on the side, um, genuine, like, like genuinely upset. And I think everyone was really about that. It's such a significant loss for the Swifts. Um, but obviously um, the Giants, you know, pre-Wallace pre injury, um, the Giants looked really, really good in my opinion. I was very surprised. I know I think we were talking about um, last week. I, I did not rate what, like what I was, my expectations were so low. And you know what? I'll happily eat that. The Giants looked absolutely phenomenal defensively. I think Matilda McDonald was fantastic. She was so active on the ball and off body and on the body. Um, I think obviously the big sticking point for me and Luke, I'm sure you'd probably agree, is what do the Swifts do now that Sam Wallace is in? Do you do you look to replace that? Or do you run with Kelly Singleton and, and hope that she blooms into that? You know, I think it's kind of the not to compare, but obviously having um, like last year with the Giants with um, with Kip going out in that first round and then having Sophie Dwyer come in is, uh, I, don't, I feel like the Swifts maybe don't have that luxury in that Sophie Dwyer was a little bit more proven in that she had, had a run and looked good. But looking at the Swifts here, I'm not sure what they do. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this one. Um, well, the names that have been thrown about are um, Cardwell from the UK. Um, which seems to be building a lot of steam. Um, I don't know that uh, the UK clubs, see, I, I don't know what out they have in their contracts because there's been a few players um, where they've been desperate to come to SSM because of injury um, and haven't been able to make it over because in their contract they don't have an SSM out. So yep. I, I don't know... Um, Borger is the other one, uh, Kim, uh, who plays for Bath. Uh, but again, I, I don't think um, she will do that either. Um, you've got Seabass, which um, I know Farberg's looked at her to replace Ramelda. Um, was it, but there was also, it was also confirmed that Seabass was a training partner for the Swiss for a time as well, wasn't she? Pre, pre, obviously yeah. her retiring and Fox and all that so sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, I think she was training with them, um, but I, I don't know the knee situation um, mm. because I thought her knees were fine, but then someone was saying that they think her knees are going to rule her out, uh, um, and there seemed to be an idea that the reason Fiber didn't take her was because of the knee problem. I, I don't know. I think it's a fair um, thing to be worried about. Yeah, but I, I feel like you could just, you know, how many cortisone injections do you need to just play a season out? That's what I'd do. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that, this is why we need to ask abs, right? <laughs> we ask abs, yeah, yeah. Exactly. how many do you need? <laughs> you've got here. Um, then you've got Christina Bryce, um, you've got Emma Ride. I think that's about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't see... I think after having two COVID-interrupted seasons, um, Swifts really need a packed-out stadium. Um, they need to be in final contention. 
I think, um, you know, I would imagine the playing group would be very much on board for um, signing any of those uh, players probably. And no offence to these players, but probably less so Emma Wright and Christina Bryce because they haven't played at that level in, well, I mean, Emma Wright played, was it last season for the Magpies or was it the season before? Season before. COVID seasons, yeah, are just like wrapped up in one for me. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, they, um, she, she has played and she did quite well, but, um, yeah, I, I would imagine that, um, if they can get Cardwell from the UK, they would probably, uh, jump at that. I just don't, I don't see that happening. Um, but, uh, definitely see that, um, and, and you think about it, Fox, someone mentioned Fox as being a potential problem for that, but they would love that story. Um, oh, 100%. Court. Yeah, it really it really opens that up for them. So, so I would imagine that's probably where they go. Um, I can't see that they're going to just elevate um, Laura or um, Sophie. Is it Sophie Fawn? Who's another option? Uh, uh, yeah, well, was, was Sophie Fawn's brought in for uh, O'Shaughnessy? Oh, I don't remember. Sorry, oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, this is shocking. This yeah, is why Abby's here. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really have to know anything about Dodge's group because usually we have Abs. But um, yeah, um, I yeah, like I thought Laura did well at Team Girls Cup, but in in a in a season like this, it yeah, I, I feel like you need um, yeah, some some stronger. I guess more experienced players and feedback definitely fits that bill. Sasha McDonald, I think, was the other one that was floated. Um, she's playing for London Pulse, I think. Um, yes. In the UK. So, um, yeah, she's potentially another option. But again, it comes down to do they have an SSN out in their contract where they can just pick up a blue? Because I wouldn't imagine many UK clubs would be happy about star players just leaving their club. And potentially ruining, not ruining their season, but affecting their season and their potential to win. Um, yeah. And then you've got um, the other opportunity. Sorry, I'm going on tangent here. But then you've got, um, do they potentially pick up training partners from other clubs? So you've got someone like Lucy Austin um, for T-Birds, who was amazing in preseason. Do they mm-hmm. pick her up? Um, Nia Allen, um, you know, Annika Lee Jones. Um, is actually in the Queensland League for USC Thunder. Um, so do they go that route and just get um, sort of a TP? It, it, there's a lot of options there. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the, the big question for me and, and listeners, obviously you can make you can answer this one on Twitter or wherever you like, but what, what do the Swifts do here? Is it, do you, you obviously have two options. Do you run with experience and do you go with like someone who knows that and can like continue this run or do you blood someone new in that you have a system that is proven, like a proven winning system that you've got and you get to blood a younger player who potentially could blossom into a Sophie Dwyer, Kira Austin, so on and so forth. And these are, the, those are the options. I don't know what Brian is going to do. I don't know what the Swifts are going to do. Um, I think obviously you just need to reckon with the fact that Sammy Wallace is out for the season, which is really tough. But in my eyes, like, if it, if, it, if it was me, I'd probably be like, all right, well, what we should do is run, like, 
we like a Kelly Singleton or going like a young, skewing younger and going through training partners and giving them the opportunity rather than looking at <clears throat> overseas for like the immediate success. So that's, that's in my opinion. And I like, I know there's a few Giants fans that listen to the show. There are, you know, there's a few of them. I, I, we haven't forgotten about you. Look, I want to get your take on them because I feel like the Giants were really, really good here, except maybe Joe Harton was a little bit, she kind of, kind of, kind of gets my stinky game. Um, yeah, I thought, um, I thought Sophie Dwyer did really well considering mm. um, sort of in, you know, when it was sort of, I guess, getting tight for Joe, Joe was getting quite tight and the ball was sort of getting dished off to Sophie. Um, so, yeah, I, I think she stepped up. It, it'd be incredibly difficult after having the final that they had. I think that's, that's sort of the interesting thing is, you know, you have all these emotions from last season, um, losing the way they did, um, and basically erasing those in the first round. Um, as much as you know, Wallace going down is a huge loss for them. Um, I, I think still erasing those emotions and those issues um, is a great start for them for the season. Um, defensively, as you said, I think they did really well. Um, especially um, that they were without Lauren Moore. Um, yes, that's right. I think is going to slot in very well for them. Um, yeah, I, I thought um, Tilly did really well. Um, yeah, look, I, I think the Giants are solid. Um, I know a lot of, I think I said this last week, um, people were a bit off them for Ken Girls Cup, but they didn't have Maddie Hay. Um, you know, I yeah, I really rate her, and I, and I think her combination with JLP is really good. And and I thought JLP was excellent. Um, yeah, so that 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 mid court for the Giants was leaps and bounds above the Swifts. To be completely honest, like JLP, Palmy, and 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 Maddie were all phenomenal. I think they they were limited in their contacts, their turnovers, their penalties. It was a really clean game from them, and they facilitated beautifully. I think. Um, I think Palmy like was sort of at her best um, on on Paige and, and and Maddie as well. I think for me, when I was watching that, I just couldn't take my eyes off that mid court because it just flowed so well. But it was like physical, and it was like a good physical in that it was it was dominant rather than being dirty. And I think that's one of the things that the Giants have struggled with over the years is that they've been dirty and not particularly dominant. And then that's turned into almost a curse for them where they start turning the ball over and they start getting bullied bullied back by other teams. I think. Obviously, the, the thing that let me down a little bit was, was Joe Hart, and she just looked a little, I don't know, just not particularly in form for me. Um, she's only, she only shot 76% from goal one from six from the super shot. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Sophie Dwyer really, really put the put them on, on her back for, for this one. So, look, if you're a Giants fan, it's a great win. And I think that definitely is an important one. Definitely Sophie, because, um, you know, as you know, in that final, she sort of, you know, got, I guess, overawed with the, the occasion. So for her to come out against the Swifts and really, you know, handle that game, I think is really positive for the season for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the Melbourne Vixens defeating the Queensland Firebirds 70-65. to 65. Um, A surprising game, to be completely honest, because I'll be honest, like I just said, um, I think the Firebirds, I had low expectations and Donnell William Wallen uh, came in and shattered that 
those expectations. She she was amazing. Um, a little bit perplexed as to Megan Anderson's substitutions for this one, which I think may potentially have cost the Firebirds um, the victory here. But um, nonetheless, it was amazing to see Danelle get um, get her run on, on the court. And I think the Vixens as well, for the most part, that adversity they had early on in the game where the Firebirds actually kind of like surprised them, they really steadied the ship and I think for me showed the, again, the championship caliber team that they've got behind them. Um, Rani Samerson, easy. Kira Austin looked a little bit very much finding her form again. Um, but I think for me at the moment, I obviously Samerson and Kumwena would be my go-to because Samerson was just, oh, I think she was, actually, she was 100%, wasn't she? Yeah, she's 100%. I don't, I don't think the Vixens um, can go forward. I know um, I had heard some people saying that um, the Vixens were sort of keen on Kumwenda and Austin sort of moving forward and then Rani sort of being peppered on for super shots. I, I just, I, I don't think um, that's what they should be running with. I think Agreed. whoever, whoever is with Rani, like, you just need to ride the Rani train, like, honestly. When a player's in form, like, especially, you know, everyone's a team player and regardless of, um, you know, who actually gets court time, I think Rani's the one that's in form and you should be 100% riding that way. Um, and I was kind of confused that she didn't come on earlier. Um, Agreed. Because, yeah, they definitely struggle. Uh, for Firebirds, um, I thought the switch out uh, with Wallen and Mia Stella coming on um, was a error, I guess. Um, yeah, like, I understand that, you know, their CPA probably dropped considerably um, from where it was. I, I think in the first quarter, their center pass attack was like 88%, mm. um, which was incredibly good. Um, and they were always going to drop off. But I think um, you for the Fibers, they really can't lose Buetta in the midcourt in yeah. goal attack. Um, she's such a good defensive you know, presence. And off their center passes, like she's basically undefendable. So her and Dunkley work so well, and even my mind her. So I, you can't have her at goal shooter in my mind. Um, it's just a waste, not a waste of her talent, but it will severely hamper how much ball you get on attack. And that is basically what happened because Mia Stella sort of got shut down. Um, Very quickly. And I think moving, yeah, I think moving forward, you've really got to run Mia as an undersized shooter and have her run base while Brett does her thing, um, which obviously changes massively the sort of holding um, one-on-one while I'm just sitting one-on-one and feeding into you know, her back space, which is kind of like their go-to play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, is a, it would be a different look, but you just can't leave the weather um, at goal attack. You just can't. She's you know, as many people are quoted as saying, one of the best in the world. I'll say one of the best, not the best. Um, but yeah, um, you, you just you can't you can't lose that. I mean, she yeah. just gets so much ball off the center pass. She's yeah, they just look stagnant when she wasn't out there getting ball. So I, I don't know. And I, and I think that's I think that's also a blessing and a curse for the five heads, right? Because when Boetta's on. Like you said, at goal attack, she's 
so dynamic in that in her movement but she's also tall fast and she like she's a threat from anywhere like yeah so she basically has to be guarded at all times because if she's not um then you, you're basically just giving him free goals right the the, the curse though is that having that means that you should be playing her at that position at all times which means that in an ideal world you want to run wallam and Weta for 60 minutes but Wallum has to get into form for one, which I mean, look, to be honest, he already looks in form. So like I'll fucking eat that humble pie. But that's where I think defenses will start being able to scout that and it becomes a much easier to defend. So this is where the Firebirds potentially start to struggle when we have those defenses pushing a Wallum high, for example, and having Boeta like move around and tiring her out. I don't believe that Boeta ever gets tired, but for me, this feels like it could potentially not collapse, but become easily, more easily defended once teams actually get the full scout on these things. Yeah, but, I mean, realistically, um, even if you ran, like, a split circle on Wallen and sort of you coming off the weather, now, if the weather has time and space to do whatever the hell she wants, um, yeah, I I think they're going to... I, I think focus and game time is important for Wallum. When you're at this level, um, she's obviously done incredibly well, um, but it's also, when you think about it, her first sort of time that she's played three quarters in SSN. Um, and I feel like through the season, she's going to develop and, and get better. I think their attack, as I said last week, their attack is really good, and it showed with the 88%, um, yep. which is well up from last year. And, and I think Wallum... The way she holds and her, you know, physical presence is going to be incredibly difficult to defend um, for a lot of the defenders in this league um, because she just gets so much ball um, where she wants it. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the defense end. Um, I mean, Jenna, what did they have? Eighty-seven penalties. Oh um, yeah, was there? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and I think their their high last season I think was ninety three. Um, so eighty seven is close to their, their high, and I think their high was around one last year too. Um, so they clearly haven't done a lot in the off season on trying to fix that defensive end penalties. And I think Jenna was a lot better when she moved to UK and Fatal Doran came on. I, I think honestly that's the lineup they have to run. Um, Agreed. Ebony, uh, I think, got really frustrated. And um, you can definitely see her frustration on the telecast because I think she's not used to attacking players um, contesting her. Um, I think that's, you know, in SSN, it's it's about the physical contest um, as opposed to in the, the UK or New Zealand. I feel like a lot of shooters would get a lot of calls against them um, in those leagues if they played the way they do in SSN. Um, so I think as a defender, when you're getting shoved, when you're trying to contest ball by an attacking player, it's it's probably not something she's overly used to. Um, well, in saying that, she did play ANZ Premiership or Championship. But um, yeah, I think it, it is a slight difference. And I, and I think she's just, she needs to get used to that. Um, but I, I, I think for the Firebirds, I don't see them pulling Jenna off the court. No, um, not at all. 
Yeah, so I, I think that's probably the lineup I'll go with. Fatal Doran is really good. Um, yes. She's a lot cleaner than Jenna in goal defence. Um, regardless of what they do with goalkeeper, um, Ruby needs to be in goal defence. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I feel like the, the big question that I got from a couple of Firebirds fans over the last couple of days is just like, well, you'd basically want to be running Bakewell Doran and Jenna over a Soro Brown, right? Like, just for, for me, like the eye test, even Bakewell Doran just looks really effective. She's like, one, she's younger, she's fast, she's clean. Like, I don't know why, like, I don't know why Megan Anderson just doesn't run with her even. Like, I think she only caught 22 minutes of court time. She should be getting 40, 45 if not the whole the whole bloody game, and having the Soro Brown actually be there and mentoring instead of actually playing, and I'm not I don't mean that as a slight either. It's like it's fine having a veteran presence there to help guide, right? But for me, I really like what I saw from Jenner and Bakewell Doran comparatively to to Jenner and Soro Brown. So I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. I, I feel like again, this Ian Edison is trying to sort of tinker with those lineups uh, a little bit, but I will say one thing that was brought up um, on that chaos afterwards is the fact that. Jenna had so many penalties that it's kind of hard for a Brown to do well as a goalkeeper when your goal defense is out of play as much as she was. Um, yeah. Which is super true. So that's probably not a good test for her, that same. But I mean, at what point, what's this like the third season of Jenna with like the penalty machine? So, um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. Like, at what point do you fix that? Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly right because I think also she's had the time to massage it out, and it just it's still there, and it's I don't know, it's like a little bit disconcerting because like you'll get attacks that will just abuse that, right? Um, and they they still do, right? And she and she basically what racks up twenty six penalties, um, like or obstruction calls, I think it was was the stat I was looking at, but it's just absurd, and I think it's just one of those things that if she can get it out, and I think we've said this over the last couple of years she probably would be best in class, but she just isn't because she's a liability sometimes and you can't trust that. And I don't, like, again, great defender, but she's still a liability on the court when it comes to actually, like, not defending because she's out of play half the time. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the uh, West Coast Fever roundhousing the Sunshine Coast line, 82 uh, to 63. Um, uh, can I be honest? I watched this. I watched... Highly, uh, so I, <laughs> the podcast of Highly... And they turn it off. Um, turn it off. First, firstly, wow, the fever. Um, fever looked well oiled. <laughs> they are like, I mean, unsurprisingly, they are. That was a, an absolutely dominant win from head to tail over the Lightning. It was they were basically playing with their food the whole time. I, I, I watched. I started watching. <laughs> I watched I watched this game and there's a siren going because I'm living in the city now. Uh, I, I watched this game and I turned it off about midway through the second quarter and I had to play catch up the next like later on because I was like, no, nah, this is just this is honestly it was boring because I was like the fever looks so good and the lightning were just like I, I don't know. This was a very like I think obviously the, the big thing for me here is that the lightning defense was just shocking. Well, you're being very quiet, Luke. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, I that that defense um, didn't stop a lot. Uh, yeah, I think um, KD was 
sitting behind Fowler, which I was really confused about. That yep. first quarter, she sat behind. Um, I know I was critical of her just sitting front through Team Girls Cup, but I'm like, you've got to change up your position. You can't just sit behind and then let Fowler get almost like second phase. Yeah. And it's in the ball's in the circle. So it basically eliminates anything that they're trying to set up. So if they're trying to set up a box, if they're trying to set up like even like uh, Verity Simmons was deeping from half court pretty much because KD was sitting behind Fowler. So um you can't you just can't you can't do that. If if you get if that ball goes in like the first time and then it was like there was probably like six times in a row that ball just went straight in. Yeah. And it's like you need to change up your position, you need to sit front and then make them work. Um they obviously did the split circle, they did the box, um, they had the wall going, but they didn't end up pushing the ball back. The lead player came out and got the ball. So I was yeah, and then they just went one on one. Um, but it was kind of like a listful that I, I feel like that that first quarter was critical. Um because I think the attack end for Sunny Post actually didn't do that bad. Like eighteen goals they had an yeah. Eighteen yeah. goals for them in the first quarter is actually pretty good. But when you're letting the other team score, is it twenty eight they had or twenty six? Twenty six. 26. When you're letting 26 goals go through in a quarter, um, like admittedly we have super, super shit now, but um, even with the super shit, um, if you're allowing that to happen and pretty much uncontested ball, you know, go to second phase and, you know, one, two, three, it's in the hoop. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good enough. And eventually your attack end are going to get pissed off and there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to try and hit 26 goals in a quarter, which they're not going to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of work needs to be done, um, especially how they defend Fowler. Um, and, you know, looking at where they sit on the side, um, if you're going to sit behind, you need to push her out. Um, but the, the problem is, is how do you move Fowler? It's, it's difficult. So, I think, yeah, it's how do you mm-hmm. sign a problem like Maria? I don't know. You don't sign it. Um, so you, with with the fever, I think, like, like, because the problem with this is, like, foul is just cash, right? She just literally, that on that, like, it's it's basically, like, the wing attack receives and they just literally turn around and pass it. And that's, like, a, that's a legitimate play. Like, we used to, we run that at Super League sometimes where wing attack grabs it at the moment. And the first thing you do is that you, like the goal shooter opens up space and you basically like, it's just like, like one, two, that's all it is. And that's all the fever ran. Right. And then like, I was so confused as to why Katie was holding behind Fowler because Fowler does have height over her and Katie isn't known for like, I mean, to be in my at least opinion, she's not known to be an aerial defender. She's not very good in the air. She's just very physical and on the body and her timing can be quite exceptional. Um, for me, like, I also, like, we haven't really spoken, well, I don't think we've spoken about her at all, but Corny Bruce was absolutely, like, disgusting. She was just, she was an absolute monster the entire game. She was physical, positioned well, but also hunting at the same time. She, she was basically, 
the Swiss Army knife on the court for that fever defense because she was doing everything and she didn't look absolutely she didn't look gas at all, which I thought was scary because this is where I'm like looking at at C Bruce and I know that Luke you you don't like her very much, um, but what? <laughs> Sorry, I just want to I just want to G you up, um, but again for me like that we like this was just a, such a well-rounded game for the fever and like I, I expect nothing less from them right and this is the sort of form that i expect from them moving forward i'm very curious to see what happens when they do have defenses that have been together so like for the vixens the vixens for example that have defenses that have played together and have a system that's in place and that have beaten them in the past um i just don't know for me i think the concerning part is just like the lining Ooh, I, I don't know. Again, I don't want to write them off early because, to be to be fair, you know, like we write we wrote the Thunderbirds off last year, and then they came through with some fine form towards the middle end of the season, right? So I think the same thing could be said about the Lightning. I, but I don't, I don't think you can write them off, and especially considering they have such a bad record against Fever. I think Fever, especially that attack end, having ATN at wing attack, having Glasgow. I thought Glasgow was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, she did all the right things at all the right times. Um, she knew exactly when to come into the circle. Um, you know, when they were double teaming Fowler, she created play, got close to hoops, you know, shot incredibly well. Um, her super shots were great. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't think... Um, I, I think a lot of teams are going to look at that and just go, holy shit, how on earth do we stop fever? Because I think that attack end, um, it's going to be difficult to stop them. Um, and yeah. you're going to have to be just thinking super shots the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. You have to, I think, real, like really at this stage, you know, it's early days, but you have to be playing a perfect game against the fever in order to win. Um, and I, I, don't know, I don't know what that looks like because this, the, the fever machine just looked absolutely exceptional. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say other than, like, again, Lightning fans, it's not all doom and gloom yet. I think you, there's some promising things there, but there's some stuff that really needs to be sorted out quick. So otherwise, you'll you'll be playing catch-up instead of being the ones, like, hunted. And that's not a good thing, I think, to be completely honest. So, um, yeah, there we go. How bloody good. Um, all right. Now, what we're going to do, Luke, is we're going to do our tips for round two of the Suncorp Super Netball. I'm going to start with the Swifts and the Vixens. Luke, who you got? Uh, Feels like the Vixens for me too. It's uh, honestly, if Sammy Wallace was there, I'd probably pick the Swifts. But Vixens are pretty good, especially if they run. If Rani gets like a, a like a solid game in, I think the Vixens are the ones to to me. Um, now, Lightning and the Firebirds. Lightning playing at home. Um, I'm gonna say Lightning. I'm gonna go with the Firebirds. Fair. I think it's fair. I, I think it's fair. That, that, that'll be a good match, but I feel like the Firebirds, I feel more positive about the Firebirds than I do the Lightning after this after round one, in all honesty. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that Tara training on the weather for however long is going to help them defensively, but we can only hope. We can only hope. Um, then we've got the Collingwood Magpies versus West Coast Fever. The Collingwood Magpies are playing at home. Luke, who have you got? Um... I'm going to say the Magpies and be devil's avocado. All right. Well, I'll go for the fever because 
Yeah, that's fair. Well, <laughs> like, no offence, Collingwood. Um, and our final Jeremy, game of the round. Hang on, Jeremy's going to be so pissed. <laughs> I'm going to get, Jeremy, you're going to listen to this and you're going to send me a fucking message and be like, you dickhead. Anyway, sorry, next game. Well, well, Jeremy, you can DM me and t- tell me that I'm a star and you can tell Luke that Luke's a dickhead. So no, there you go. There we go. And the, the final game of round two, which sees the Adelaide, Adelaide Thunderbirds playing the Giants at home. Luke, who have you got here? I'll go to the Giants. I'm going to say T-Birds. Ooh, 2 no. Yeah. All right. uh, yep. I think Sterling is going to cause some havoc. And I think it's going to... They've sorted out their attack, so I think they can stick with them. And, you know, it'll be one or two goals, but they're going to win. I like it. I feel for me the Giants look good. If if Tilly McDonald can come back with that form, hmm, I don't know. It's tough. But that is round two of the Suncorp Super Netball. As always, you can get us on Facebook.com forward slash the goal circle. Come and chat with us. We've I've been sharing the episodes um, and other good bad news as well. Like pretty much all the news that's been coming out. Um, you can get us on Twitter at BLT underscore eighty six for Luke and at Leakster B L E K S T E R. Come and chat with us there. Luke has been on the horn. He has grown his followings quite significantly on Twitter as well. He's, you think you're, <laughs> like the, you're like the Twitter queen now, right? No. Oh my God. Yes. That's Emmy. I'm never, I'm never the Twitter queen or Aaron. I get so many like notifications from Twitter being like, oh, Luke posted a tweet. And I was like, all right. And then it just like keeps. Oh, yeah. So I I'm like, oh. A lot. Why not? Why not? Um, and you can also get Abby there as well at Abby underscore McCulloch. She does read it. I know she does. So if you do want to uh, send any compliments or questions her way, please do. Um, you can also get us on Twitter at The Goal Circle as well. Um, if you want, you can email us, thegoalcircle at gmail.com. We do um, get emails there very rarely. But if you do want to email us, um, we, we, do, we do love that. Um, and if you want to, please leave us uh, a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are on Spotify and you can follow us now and you can leave star ratings and stuff like that. So please do. Um, we do appreciate um, uh, all, all the love that we get. But I think that will do us for this week. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week.